everybody. Welcome back to the Punk Tie Dye Podcast, uh, where you know anything goes, and and I, I don't even uh, any, anything goes except for my train of thought, especially because it goes off the tracks. I'm you said Tom you were going to do Neil a better Hill. a better count in this time, Tom. What the hell happened there? I don't know. <laughs> I you know I, I feel like if we really want to take this thing to the next level professionally, my intros need to get better. Oh, we, we might but, have to get but, we might have to get a presenter, professional presenter, to come in. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Come on down. Yeah, I'll tell you, you guys so need Desmond Child to come in and uh, improve your interview skills. I don't think we can. I don't think we can afford him though. <laughs> but who well, knows? So, so that he, he's, the, he's the music doctor, man. He makes everything better. Dude, <laughs> dude, this has gone off the rails already, and we're thirty yeah, seconds we're in. Off the rails, we haven't even started. You know, it, it's funny. You want to start so, over and get some new rails? Or... No. no, we're good. It's all you know, good. You know, rails rails are overrated, honestly. So, so hey, we have a guest with us that first appeared on episode number thirteen. Do you remember that, Neil? We were just we were just young middle aged guys back in those days. <laughs> we were. It does seem like the dawn it's of just time. Young middle aged guys just starting out. And I must say, he was our our first sort of real guest, and I, we we had to name drop him for like the first six months of the podcast to get other guests. So we we will always forever be appreciative to B A from Sloppy Seconds. How you doing, B A? Real good, man. I, I hope your uh, roster improved from that immense name dropping. <laughs> I'm uh, it worked, I, I'm not though. it really worked. being able to trade a whole lot on my own name these days. You know, it's funny since I think the biggest one we had, the biggest name we've had now is uh, we had Glenn Madlock. So it's always like, oh yeah, Glenn and I go away. Yeah, see, (laughs) well, I say we had a Sex Pistol. We had a Sex Pistol. Everybody's like, which one, Johnny? It's like, no, we didn't get Johnny. Well, did you get Steve Jones? Uh, No, we didn't. We didn't get Steve Jones. It's like, what? Did you Did you get Paul Cook? No, no, we didn't get Paul Cook. But we got a Sex Pistol, man, and it was pretty cool. So hey, we we got the guy. It would have been really impressive if you gotten Sid on the show. Now that would have been something. I could I could done an impression. That would have been all right. I think we're thinking about doing getting into that a little bit because the only way we're going to get like an original Ramon is if we do like a seance style. So I'm not I'm not like totally closing the door on that. You do a New York Mm -hmm. accent, do you, Tom? Yeah, exactly. The only one we won't have on is Marky, that bastard. But anyway, you know, it's funny. That's We have a Ramones question coming up later. So so when you were on before BA, we kind of went through like the first like half half of your band history. And this time we thought we'd do something a little more kind of rapid fire, kind of a little more, you know, just like sort of general questions. And I pulled uh, Neil and I are both part of this group called Pop Punk Shitheads. And I asked them for some questions and they helped us out. So. <laughs> So we thought we'd do do it a little uh, different style, and uh, hopefully that hopefully that works out. Yeah, so I won't be uh, uh, X this time and put everybody. To sleep. <laughs> well, you know the funny. The funny I blame that on Tom. Guys, I blame that on Tom. Well, no, but the thing is, on stage, you're sort of you know you're sort of a larger than life character on stage. So people expect you to act like that. In many ways, you're just a normal dude, right? But I mean, you're just a normal guy. You're you're a guy you could easily have a conversation with off the off the stage. And it's funny because the other guys, it, it, BA is the one everybody wants to talk to, Neil, like at the shows. Yeah. So so the other guys just are kind of sitting around lonely, so they're super easy to talk to. So if you're if you're willing to settle for one of the other guys in the band, you always have a good conversation when you go see Sloppy. Yeah, but, I don't talk to them either when <laughs> we're together. You get in the van, you it. get in the van, you're just like you get in the van. Yeah, I, I have to like recruit guest musicians 
to God. have an interesting conversation. Goddamn drummer and bass go. player. Oh, God, yeah, never exactly. got anything to say. Well, he gets, he, they get in the van, he just cranks up the dickies. And that's it. <laughs> just shut up. Don't bother me. I'm listening to the dickies. So, all right. So, I'll tell you what, Neil. Should I go Should I go ahead first? Should I go ahead with the first question? Because this is the one that several people asked. Okay. And uh, so, sure. let's, just get, let's just get this out of the way right away, B.A. And I don't know if you have this list in front of you. If not, I do. But what everybody wanted to know right away is when are those rescheduled dates? Are we ready to divulge the rescheduled dates for yeah, like late um, and fall? At least all the ones that I know about, I can give you. Sure, sure. Let's, um, let's do it. I, I say if you, I think I have them. I think you sent them to me. If you can't remember them, so I got. I'm gonna pull them up. All right, I'm ready for you. Well, for those uh, who might be wondering, uh, our tour was canceled two weeks before it was set to go off because of the COVID shutdown. Was it that, uh, was it that close? Oh. It, it was. We were set to begin uh, our string of dates on March 29th. And on the 15th, the governor shut down everything in the state. And yep. some of the other, I mean, New York was already shut down at that point. So um, this is the first stage of, resetting some of those dates and picking up a couple extra cities along the way. Um, and the first ones are going to be a little over a month away. Um, this is going to be a trip um, out east and back. Um, the first show will be on Friday, August 13th at Spirit Hall in Pittsburgh. Then the next day we're going to be p playing at the uh, Savage Mountain Punk Festival on August 14th. So that'll be the, I think we're headline, headlining on the Saturday of that festival. And that's in, and it's um, in Oxford, Cumberland, Maryland. Cumberland, Maryland. Yeah, it's, it's near Cumberland. I think the actual, well, I don't know if this is the mailing address or the location of the venue, but I, I keep getting Frostburg, which is sort of an even smaller suburb of Cumberland. Excellent. Um, yeah, but I, you know, I'm I'm sure with all the booming activities going on in Cumberland, Maryland, they'll probably be signs up pointing you in the right direction. <laughs> it's a it's a really happy place. Tra I hear. Directing traffic. <laughs> yeah. Yes, men invest directing traffic. Well, the, 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 the cheats are, the band the cheats are and the pig squealing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say the cheats are your direct support from nearby Pittsburgh, so I'm sure. Uh, oh man, and we played with the cheats many times in Pittsburgh, so that's going to be a blast. I love the Cheats. Every time we play with them, they just put on an amazing show and always throw in a really inspired classic punk cover. Yeah, we've and we've had Todd on the show before, right? right yeah, Todd? we yeah. had Todd. He's yeah, a he super was great. Nice guy. He was we awesome. sort of want yeah, to. Yeah, Todd's great. We sort of want to have him tattoo us, so we'll see if we can work that in somewhere. But anyway, <laughs> then you're going okay, out. Okay, so you're yeah, Sunday the 15th of August, we're going to be in Philadelphia back at Kung Fu Necktie. And we've had a couple great shows there. So um, that'll that'll be good because uh, we have a long history with the guys in Philadelphia. Um, the bands uh, Love Gutter and uh, Violent Society, the, the guys in those bands we've known for ages. And um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the bands those guys currently play in, uh, Mistletoads, will be one of the opening acts. So it'll it'll be good to get back and see all our friends in Philadelphia. Kung Fu Necktie on Sunday the 15th of August. 
And then on the 16th, we're going to be doing the uh, in-store performance at uh, Randy Now's Man Cave in Bordentown, New Jersey, which is sort of um, distant northeastern suburb of Philadelphia. Hmm. I think that's the name uh, of the club that, or the name of the place that Neil laughed heartily at last time we had. Yes, John, I right? did. I thought, was, I thought it was like the manhole yes. or some kind of uh, yeah, gay club in Chicago. Well, <laughs> no, not the, the mind after yeah. those places exactly. <laughs> yes, no, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, Randy um, is the uh, or was the uh, booking agent for City Gardens in New Jersey. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen uh, that. Uh, Blood on the Dance Floor uh, documentary, but City Garden was the classic punk venue in Jersey for the longest time. Um, (laughs) Trenton, New Jersey. And um, actually, one of the highlights of that documentary, they talk about this uh, show that was on the uh, one of the all tours in 1993 where um, Chad, the singer, had blown out his throat, Chad Price, and um, they had to fly in Milo and put on a Descendants show. And we happened to be there that night, and they uh, let us uh, jump on the bill. So it was so amazing because there had been no Descendants reunions at that point. And just out of the blue... We got to open for a Descendants reunion show. <laughs> you know, so uh, I love some. Yeah, I love some all, but that's a pretty big upgrade, right? <laughs> oh man! Well, we had seen all the week before in Indianapolis uh, before we took off on the tour, and they were still out on the road. And you know, Chad apparently made the rookie mistake of hanging out and partying while wearing his sweaty stage clothes one night and couldn't uh, even cold. speak the next day. So, yeah, it was in it was in like early November or something like that. So big mistake. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, uh, Randy was the uh, booking agent, uh, I suppose, manager for City Gardens for ages. And now he uh, runs a record store that sells all kinds of amazing rock and roll memorabilia and collectibles and things, too. And he has bands. uh play showcases in the man cave there. And, uh, I mean, he, he gets some amazing, uh, the Dickies have played there, you know, I mean, he gets great artists to show up. We were really happy that we were invited to do that. Um, so that'll be the Eastern dates. And then, um, so that's like, is that like a date? Did you say that was a matinee then? Or was that uh, an evening show? I think it's going to be early evening, probably like maybe, yeah, six or seven, something like that. I don't know if there's a... Um, it seemed like there actually was a support band last time, so I don't know if uh, that's still going to be the case or not. But so can you, probably... Can you, can, you have a, can you have a beer in there? Or is it like... I mean, does the alcohol flow in there? Or is that not something... Is it sort of like a family-friendly sloppy seconds? You know, I don't know. Um, I know it is all ages. So... Um, if they have beers, maybe you have to have a wristband or a, a drink ticket or something like that. Um, but yeah, last last time around, somebody was asking if there were any shows. We get this a lot now that he'd be able to bring his kid 
with him. Oh, yeah. And, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we've become a generational band. Uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, I know that that one will be all ages, although I, it, being in a store, I think the capacity is limited like 75 people or something like that. So, wow. Uh, most of the tickets for that one are probably already spoken for. Mm. Um, and I, they're, I know they're, all of these uh, shows that are rescheduled, by the way, are honoring the tickets that were bought back in 2020. Ah, okay. So then you're going to so go home and that, rest That's for important months. information for anybody who uh, has been sitting on their ass and cursing our name for over a year. <laughs> well, it, well, it's it's actually funny you say that because the actual question, right, Tom, was when are you coming back to New York? The Brooklyn show was the first one canceled from COVID, and that was like the original question. So it doesn't sound like you're playing that was a New our York pal, show, Jason. Huh? That, yeah. was, that was our pal, Jason, who along with his brother, Chris, and Kenny – Pro Rock are the like admins of the that pop punk shitheads page, Neil. Yeah, Jason. so shout yeah. out to the shout out to those fellows over there. Yeah, so so there isn't going to yeah. be. Yeah, I don't know show. that the. Um, I'm not aware that the agency had been contacted back by. I think Kingsland in Brooklyn was the venue we were scheduled to play in New York last time, and we haven't heard any word that that's been rescheduled. I don't know if. Kingsland managed to stay open through the pandemic. I know they were uh, holding fundraisers to keep the club alive, and I hope they did because it looked like it would be a great place to play. Um, but we haven't been notified yet that uh, the New York date's been rescheduled. Okay. Um, so sorry, fellas. Maybe next time. Well, it's a possibility. I mean, it's uh, we. You know, if, if we're able to tack on an extra date of the tour, you know, I, I think everybody would certainly be willing to do it. And um, um, you know, I'm four so- days is kind of a short tour. So. Yeah. <laughs> it is, well, act- it, it is actually still chunks. open. You're basically doing your. I'm sorry. What's that, Neil? It is actually still open because I just checked it. And in fact, DRI are playing there sometime in September, I think. So the place is still open. So oh, I guess that's good okay. news, right? Yeah. Well, maybe. Encouraging, at least. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then um, we have a string of dates that uh, are centered around Halloween weekend, um, which will start uh, in, I suppose, the Detroit area, Hamtramck proper at uh, New Dodge Lounge on Thursday, the 28th of October, have, I believe. Have you, guys, have you guys played at that venue before? Because I've actually never been there. Uh, no, um, you know, I'll tell you the truth, Tom. I think we've only played Detroit three or four times in I know you've done entire- smalls, right? Uh, yeah, we played smalls once. Um, we played at, uh, what is it? St. Andrews? Is that the mm-hmm. big small venue? Yep, yep. That's cool. Yeah, we played there once with uh, Mustard Plug, I think, and Ace was uh, Ace was uh, using his uh, uh, remote uh, on his car. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was playing wireless, and yeah, it was straight out of Spinal Tap. He started picking (laughs) up radio signals on stage. (laughs) Could have been worse. He could have started playing ska. Well, <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd much rather listen to uh, staticky air traffic controllers. But it, 
it's funny, you know, because actually... The oh, because we were playing with Mustard Plug? Is that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's it's funny because Mustard Plug are actually really great guys. They're from Grand Rapids. Here, I right? agree, like, yeah. They have to play a straight, that string of dates with them. Yeah, I don't want to... I don't want... Cause, so they're actually super nice guys. I'm just not a big... Yeah, they yeah. And they're great on stage. Yeah, we actually had one of them on, and I go see them at least once a year. They're probably the band I've seen more than anybody. I've seen them over thirty times, you know. But anyway, wow. you love ska, anyway, Tom. Admit I'm it. Sorry. Admit it. I, you love it. I, I I don't know, man. We'll see. Give me. Let me have a few more PBRs first. But anyway, so then you <laughs> <laughs> then you're going to one of our favorite places where Neil and I will be. Ah, okay, yeah. Uh, Friday the 29th of October, uh, back at Reggie's in Chicago. Yep. Always a great show there. Always yep. have a great time. Cool people at the venue. Uh, and one thing that's cool about those shows, because people like the venue so much, we get people from the whole tri-state area. Well, quad-state area, I suppose, if you count Michigan, too. So Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm on the west side of Michigan, so I'm pretty much almost dead center between Detroit and Chicago. Oh, so it's, okay. So... So I wouldn't be surprised if you see our pretty faces, my you and me and Scott at both of those shows. But we'll we'll see what happens. The 29th, I will definitely. I already have tickets for the 29th, but the issue I'm having is that's my anniversary. That's not a problem, is it, Neil? <laughs> no, I think that's a perfect way to celebrate your anniversary is to uh, go to with, South with Side of Chicago Scott and, and BA. With, yeah, with yeah, you, you, you and you Scott, you and Scott that's leave that's your wife at home and come to the Yeah. Exactly. Well, it's funny. Yeah, that's how I, I celebrated my first marriage. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's it's funny, you know. I made this joke before, but it's always like, "Hey, we're going to Indianapolis to see Sloppy Seconds." You girls want to know? They go. They're like, "No, you guys go have fun without us." But you know, a few years ago, it was like, "Hey, Sloppy's playing in Vegas. You girls want to go?" Yeah, well, definitely. We'll go see that. Show. Yeah, <laughs> they came to Vegas, right? <laughs> exactly. So it's it's kind of like real estate, right? It's location, location, location. <laughs> and you know, the girls didn't need to see the Emerson Theater. It'll be all right. So anyway, I'm sorry. You go. They were playing Reggie's. Great, great place. Can't wait. Okay, and then uh, Saturday the thirtieth. So Halloween weekend, we're going to be back home in Indianapolis at uh, Deluxe in the old National Center. Yeah. Uh, that was uh, one of the cornerstone gigs. Um, you know it. You know, it's funny for a band that's considered a hometown band from Indianapolis. We don't always play here when we're touring. Yeah, yeah, um, I, that. yeah I mean, it, it depends on uh, you know we when the Emerson was uh, still kicking under the old management. We always tried to either begin or end our string of dates with shows at the Emerson. But you know, now we're having to go outside and. Um, deal with this is actually a live nation event from what i understand so yeah my tickets are uh, my tickets are in an app in my phone you know it's what a weird world we live in right the only thing i have left from a lot of these shows is my old ticket stubs now i can't even have that anymore but that's all right anyway sorry go ahead yeah so that'll be a lot of fun you know i i, I deliberately targeted halloween weekend uh when we were uh, trying to reschedule these midwestern shows because i figured yeah, everybody can come in costume after the show. If you're still tanked up, you you probably got a party you can go to, or maybe everybody leaves the party and comes to the gig, you know, and then afterwards you get arrested out in the street. You know, I, I, I just figured that that's going to be a really good, 
you know, Halloween weekend, everybody wants to cut loose anyway. So it'll be good to be playing back uh, at our hometown on Saturday, the 30th. And then yeah, on Halloween you're not night. Doing, you're not doing, not doing Detroit on Devil's Night, I see. That's all right. What that's like. Probably oh, a good plan, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the next night, which is actually Halloween, we'll be up in Green Bay at the Lyric Room which is another of the rescheduled dates from uh, 2020. And then we added on a show on November 1st uh, at the X-Ray Arcade, which Ooh. is in Cudahy, I suppose, yeah. Just south which of is part of Milwaukee. Yep, yep. That's right. it's by the airport in Milwaukee. Great venue. Great Milwaukee great venue. Area. Excellent. Yep. Okay. So that uh, takes care of our uh, uh, show centered around the Halloween season. And uh, as I said, if uh, they're able to tack on another day or two to these August dates, it, it's getting pretty close to the wire now. That's only like six weeks away. So I'd be kind of yeah. surprised, but you know, we've had, we've had some promoters come in late and uh, end up ponying up for a Monday or Tuesday, you know, three weeks ahead of the start of the tour date. So anything's possible. I'd say for a big venue like the one in New York, that'd be kind of surprising. Yeah, because they, yeah, probably. Well, it's yeah. it's funny, you know. I'm having a little, a couple things, a couple interesting or a couple observations. A that festival in Maryland, which actually we're we're still considering going to. It's a really cool lineup. That looks like a lot of fun. I don't know. It's it's a weird location to put on a punk festival, but there's really solid bands all three days. Who else is so playing? I think Tom? anybody who's Anybody who can hear my voice should check out that. Check that out. Who else? So, is, who else is playing? Apart from Sloppy and well, uh, on on the night on the night there on the night Sloppy's playing Cheats or Direct Support. Those are the ones that caught my eye. On Friday night, uh, Reno Divorce is headlining, and the great uh, Pittsburgh band Submachine is playing, um, and Lowskatiers in New York. There on Thursday, right? Yeah, Beatnik Termites are there on Thursday, and also the Jasons are there on Thursday. And ah, uh, who okay. else was one other? Oh. Ma- McRad, the old skater band. Okay. So there's some there's some cool stuff. It's definitely and it's really very affordable. I thought was, the tickets are, are pretty reasonable. So I, I I would definitely check that out. It's like two hours from Pittsburgh, two hours from Baltimore. It's kind of a we said it's kind of a weird location, but we might actually make the hike over there. We haven't decided but yet. But dude, so. you don't have to camp. We'll see. You, you don't have to camp, do you? Though, for God's sakes. No, we'll camp at the Holiday Inn. Okay. Yeah. Good. It's good. not a camping thing. No. Good. No. You don't want to act the like a caveman. Camping thing That's is good. No, the camping thing is out of the question. And the other thing I was going to say was the Green Bay Show, once again, you have uh, the Smart Shoppers opening, which is Rev Norb uh, from Borsa Sprinklers. He plays bass. He's not the main guy, but that's it's kind of an interesting interesting combo. And actually, we're going to see Borsa Sprinkler in October before we go see you guys. BA, they're doing a couple uh, shows. They're doing, yeah, they're they're doing, doing Milwaukee and Chicago. Chicago. So. Yeah. yeah. That'll be good. Yeah, we, so. we've played with Boris a few times over the years. They actually played one of the Soppy Paloozas down here one year. Well, it's it's funny because that's should we jump ahead to? I'll tell you what. Let's let's play. A let's song. ask one more question, then we better play a song. Yeah. Oh, okay. And All this right. and this this is a this is a tough question. And uh, I got oh, what do I do with the questions? Well, this is, mine. What this, is, this, this is mine, my friend. Yeah, go ahead, go yeah. ahead. Say yeah. the name first because that is the real user, the guy's actual username. So this this is from uh, this is from Facebook user Bombus. Don't know what that's about. Bombus, but, uh, yeah. yes. Bombus, yes. And he says third and, most popular name in Austria. Oh, I, he must be because he says any chance for a European tour. We he saw you years ago in Germany, and it was big fun. 
Germany is big fun. Yeah. Um, well, I hope so. I think at this point it's more likely um, that we would uh, come over for to play a couple festivals than uh, following tour. Now it's possible, but the problem is when when you're dealing with international flights, that's why we haven't played Rebellion yet. Is um, a lot of people are really pushing it, and every time the uh, agency talks to them, the guarantee they can offer us won't even cover our flights. Oh, you know, so yeah, yeah I, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong, I lo- I love playing live, but you know, we're not going to run over there to break even, lose our ass to play live. Right. No, I mean, and b- believe me, there are plenty of bands that do. They treat it as a vacation, and you know, they're just like, yeah. "Oh, we're going to be at Rebellion. Isn't that going to be great?" And I'm thinking, "Yeah, but what's it going to cost you? Twenty five hundred dollars to play Rebellion?" Yeah. So. Well, it's going to cost you twenty five hundred, and then you're going to go hit the hit the record fair and spend another five hundred bucks, and then you're going to have to spend a hundred bucks to send your records home. Oh, I understand. You know, that's why I'm kind of scared about playing Randy's man cave because I'm sure there's going to be tons of shit that I want to buy from him. You'd be like, well, uh, I'll tell you what, dude. You're in the band. I'll give you a 5% discount. Yeah. yeah. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, and half price. (laughs) Um, I think, um, um, yeah, if the opportunity's there, you know, if the offer makes sense, we would love to go back and play some shows in Germany. Uh, we uh, had some good shows in Switzerland the last time we were over. Actually, the shows we played in Switzerland, uh, we were with the Dickies, and that was really great. Oh, that, sounds, um, that, sound, that does sound awesome. Oh, it was. It was fantastic. It was That was in uh, 99, I think. Hmm. Yeah, 1999 was when we played How over there with the Dickies. Been, I mean, is it, has it been like 20 years since you guys have been to Europe? Uh, well... I think that was our last full-scale tour. Now, we did go over and play um, a festival uh, mm-hmm. when Endless Bummer was released in 2008. So, I mean, at oh, any yeah. rate, it's been, you know, 13, 14 yeah, years since. Released. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Um, so, but, yeah, when you know, Endless Bummer came out, we uh, got an offer. And actually, when we get we get a minute here i'll have to tell you about one of the funny things about that festival because i still laugh about it you know it, it you know what's funny and i don't know if you notice this or not ba but it's funny i talked to the older the older bands have been around for a while and they talk about touring europe and how to tour europe they really want a new record you know like european audiences want a new record when you tour and all i can think is that's so funny because these american old older american punk rock bands tour and the only thing their fans want to hear is the first record <laughs> Well, I think that's true when uh, th- when the classic British bands come over here too. I mean, that's you know, I think it's the cool American, that the, the Damned put out a right? new record. I think it's cool that the Damned put out a record recently. But you know, I I saw them at uh, well the old National Center in in the Egyptian Room on uh, that tour back in 2016, and they were unbelievably good. They were Amazing. so great. And came back for two encores, and most of the people had walked out. There were maybe 150 of us standing in front of the stage, still egging them on to come back. And 
they came back and did three more songs. It was like Fan Club, Anti-Pope. I was like, my God, huh. everybody missed out on this? It's, oh, it's they were Neil, so that, tremendous. That's the same thing. You know, I saw I saw uh, The Damned and Axe in Chicago at the House of Blues, not one of my favorite venues, but Neil actually hurt himself, so he wasn't able to go. But they were tremendous, man. Didn't we talk about this with a uh, guest a couple weeks ago, Neil? The yeah, we are so good still. Yeah, so you, you keep rubbing it in because I wasn't able to make it, so thanks they're for that, just, Tom. They're yeah. just so good. You just can't imagine these old geezers still playing so well. But anyway, that's you to hear in there. Well, I'll yeah, tell you what. I was, I was, I was not, I yeah, the friend I was with is a lot more casual fan than I am, and even he was saying, God damn, man, they're playing everything I want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go, yeah. Definitely yeah. heavy on the first and third album. I'm trying to think. They might have done a little bit of, like, Black Album era stuff. But, yeah, no, they're very good. They very good. played almost everything from uh, Machine Gun Etiquette, except for maybe the gothic thing, these hands. But everything oh, else, yeah, that's, that's not even really a See, song. See, now, the it? show yeah. I saw was actually a whole album show. So they did. They actually played the entire Machine Gun Etiquette album. Like, bang, bang, yeah, well, bang all That was the only song they, they didn't play. The night that I saw them and tons of stuff from, um, yeah, uh, the first album and most of the highlights from the later stuff too. I mean, they did, uh, generals, uh, Oh God. What was, uh, Jeez, I, 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 waiting I for the remember. blackout, something like that. Right? Yeah, Wait they, for the blackout, yeah. yeah I yeah, mean, yeah. Uh, I, God, did they do Psychomania? I think they might have. Yeah, no, I was. I think I can't remember. They might have even done like Grinly, Grinly Fiendish or something. They definitely did. They definitely did Grinly Fiendish when I saw them. Yeah, good yeah, stuff. They played Grinly Fiendish, and I was like, wow, this is a. Flashback to staying up to watch 120 minutes. There <laughs> <laughs> you go. Yeah. Current yeah. loader. So, whatever the hell his name was. So it's funny. Last last time we had you on, you were, had just put out the the vinyl version of the live album. So I know we played a bunch of songs from that. But when I thought about the fact that everybody wanted the new tour date, so I thought we should probably do that first. And the only song I could think of, I wanted to play something from every album because I, I don't think last time we did a very good job doing that. So the song that I thought of is The Kids Are All Drunk, the great play on the. I assume the play on the Who, the old Who song, The Kids Are All Right, from your second album. Ah, okay. That was that was what I thought. I mean, you, you like I said, you can call an audible, but I, that was the that was the thought, song I thought we'd lead with. Oh yeah, we well that was it. the inspiration for the title. You know, I just um, sure. you know when in terms of the way I write lyrics, sometimes a title just hits me, and from there I can go off on any direction, you know, I mean, I'll tell you what, so that was, yeah, that was the Genesis. I was thinking kids are all right now. The kids are all drunk. <laughs> there you go. All right. Let's, let's spin that. Neil. This is from knock your block off 1993. The kids are all drunk.
Okay. That was The Kids Are All Drunk by uh, Sloppy Seconds. And, and by kids, he means middle-aged men. <laughs> yes. yes. They are and now. We're getting yeah, there. They, we all like get there. Like I said, they bring their kids now. That's the funny thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, B.A. So Jeff asks, will there ever be another Sloppy Palooza? I found this question fascinating. I never got to a Sloppy Palooza. This is something you did, what, in the mid to late 90s? Yeah, um, I don't think there's necessarily a need for us to revive this. I mean, we've actually entertained the idea. Um, at the time, we were like real closely tied in with the um, manager of the Emerson Theater, which is our was our stomping yep. grounds forever in Indianapolis, and um, he kind of bankrolled the thing. The first one was held mm. at the Emerson theater and legally their capacity is like i don't know maybe 450 or something like that i mean we there's definitely a couple of our new year's eve shows where we like exceeded 700 but it's (laughs) you know it's got a limited legal capacity but um the emerson co-sponsored the shows with us Uh, the manager's name at the time was andy barry and um, so he kind of bankrolled the things and used his connections. The real purpose of the Sloppy Palooza shows was not too many bands stopped in Indianapolis back in the day. Uh, they mm. would bypass Indy, and generally they would play shows in Chicago. Uh, Bogarts in Cincinnati was a big stop. You know, So mm. a lot of times people wouldn't be able to see a band that was on tour unless they drove out of town. And um, kind of for the same reason we recorded the live album in Indianapolis, we kind of wanted to pay the fans back. So we figured if uh, we put on these all-day shows, any bands that are out touring, we could you know start the ball rolling like four months in advance, say, hey, uh, why don't you detour uh, your string of dates in Indianapolis for that day? If you've never played here, there's going to be a huge crowd and it'll be a great introduction to Indianapolis for you, you know, and we got so many bands that took us up on that. Um, you know, one year we had the meat men, the murder junkies, uh, Quincy punks came all the way down from Minnesota. Um, yeah. The lineups were insane. Riverdale's played one year. I know. Yeah. Riverdale's, uh, we had the undead, uh, hagfish, <laughs> Uh, were a late edition oh, yeah. one time. They they ended up on the bill. We had the Vandals. I mean, just tons of great bands. And, you know, the, the last year that we did it, we even had a second stage. There were like 30 bands altogether that played that day. Um, so I don't think there's the need for that kind of thing in Indianapolis anymore because bands do stop through. I mean, they either play punk rock night or... Uh, um, a show at the Melody Inn or, yep. you know, some of the bigger bands um, actually book shows in the old National Center now. So I think Indianapolis is a lot more on the map than it was at the time. And, you know, if we had a hand in doing that, I'm, I'm really um, happy. And I think, you know, it was a, it was just a good thing all around. Every, the bands all had a great time, and the fans certainly did. 
So it's uh, a good it's a good bang for your buck if I remember right. I mean, you know, for a fifteen yeah, dollar I mean, ticket, there, you guys yeah, a lot of there would be like I think the most we ever charged was like twelve or fifteen bucks, and there were like seven or eight touring bands every time, uh, and then tons of local bands from around the state got on the bill too. Now, so, now basically, ticket prices used to be what the fees on tickets are now. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. All right. So I, Neil, I you, yeah, it's, it's possible we could do it again, but um, I ju- I just don't know that it would serve the same purpose these days. Fair enough. All right, Neil, you want to get the next one? Yep. Okay. So, uh, Chris Jericho, the Ayatollah of rock and roll, asks, "Would you ever consider a one-off original lineup reunion with Danny Roadkill?" Um. I, I I doubt it as long as you know the current lineup is together. You know, um, it just well, you know, it's, it, it's kind it of funny to think in these terms. But Ace has been with the band twice as long as Danny was at this point. Yeah, definitely. I always so, wonder when I'm, bands do that. If it seems like if the uh, if the current band money grab with it, like it <laughs> seems disrespectful. What's that? Sorry, I'm sorry. Say again. Does it would it seem like a money grab? I I kind of think the same thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, the fact of the matter is, I don't know. I mean, is there that much? I don't know that there's that much money to be made. I'm, I think it's just more a matter of you know just curiosity. I think. Well, and I mean, the other thing is, we didn't tour a whole lot back in the day. I mean, Danny left in early 93 and we had never been on a nationwide tour. We had played a string of dates on the East coast, but mostly it was just gigging around the Midwest up to that point. So in most parts of the country, nobody has ever seen Danny play with us on stage. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, I, it's an it's an interesting question. I don't mean to, and we don't mean to put you on the spot because I know it's, it's, yeah, that's okay. That's kind of tough. Just, hey, it wasn't just, us, man. It was the Ayatollah yeah. of Rock and Roller asking that question. Exactly. The Ayatollah yeah. of Rock and Roller asked that question. <laughs> All right. I'll tell you what. Yeah, I I'll mean, I, I've uh, jumped up and done a song with Danny when he's playing a club one time. You know, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm still on speaking terms with Danny and everything. I just, um, don't see any purpose of it. It's just that he's not in the band anymore, you know? I mean, it, yeah, gotcha. the, the band, is, is, it's existed for a long time, is Steve, Boba, me, and Ace. Yeah, so, for, the, for yeah. those that don't know, he was your original guitarist, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, he was it is always from interesting the time we see... formed up until 93, so about 10 years. It is very interesting when you see, you know, you talked earlier about the Descendants, about how, how the singer for all threw his throat out, and, and Milo came and sang a Descendants that... It seems like it's very. It, it, it always makes me wonder when these bands are able to like they do. They occasionally will do a show where they have all three of their singers, and it's so bizarre. You know, it, it is kind of strange, right? Because I don't know. It's just it's a weird. I don't know where I'm going with this, but it, it is strange, and it always to me. I'm always going. Is it isn't it offensive to like the guys who are current when they bring the old guys back? But I guess some guys can pull it up, pull it off. So. Because I did see Descendants too, where they brought back uh, the old Lombardo or whatever the old bass player's name is, and I don't know. It's an interesting concept. 
But yeah, we're say um, probably not. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think um, at least um, from uh, Bill's standpoint, it's all the same band in his mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, maybe um, maybe Carl and Stefan feel the same way too because they've been the only constants in all, yeah, you know, for a long time. Uh, now the other yeah. descendants guys, I don't know. Um, sure. I, you know, I mean, I know from <laughs> that, uh, documentary, the filmage thing, I, I know Tony really wishes he could play with them again. Yeah. Know, so. yeah. Uh, yeah. No, but, um, um, and through, um, those dates back in, uh, 93, actually, um, right when we got signed to Nitro, uh, uh, the t- descendants were on tour for, I'm the one, is that the, um, okay. That uh, would be the, uh, not the, the one with, Oh, I know not cool to be you. The one before that. Oh, everything sucks. It would have been everything sucks. Right? Everything sucks. Yeah. They were on tour for that one. And, um, um, yeah, Carl Alvarez was the first person I told that we were signed to Nitro. You know, I said, "Well, keep it under your head, under your hat." But uh, <laughs> we we haven't inked the deal yet. But it looks like we're going to be uh, doing a record with Nitro. And he was like, "You're going to love being on a label owned by a guy who's in a band." That's all I can yeah. tell you. So, so that that so was Nitro really good was advice. The, he was right. Yeah, and that was Dexter from the Offspring's label. Dexter Holland, yeah. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. All right. So, all right, I got a tough one for you. I got a tough one here for you, B.A. Oh. This, one comes from, this one comes from Marky Ramon. <laughs> Are you a natural blonde, or do you have to get into the bleach before every tour? <laughs> well, Marky has seen me with my hair. It, it's natural, mousy brown. And uh, he, he told me before I bleached it, he said, you remind me of somebody, man. And he sat there and looked at me for a while. He said, an actor. And I was thinking, oh, great. This is going to be cool. And he said, you look like Aldo Ray. Who the hell is that? Yeah, I don't, I don't even like know who that is. Redford, he, right? he has played every fat, burr-headed drill sergeant you've ever seen in your life. Jeez, what an <laughs> asshole. Like, See, Marky, oh, Aldo Ray. Asshole. Okay, I like it. Yeah, you look like Aldo Ray. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then I bleached my hair uh, when we had a day off, and I came back. I said, so do I still look like Aldo Ray? I said, I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So Mark can ask all the hair questions he wants. Yeah, Mr. Wig. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I wasn't going to say that, Neil. I, I said nothing. I said nothing. Jackass. So this actually, so you actually sort of answered the next question. This is a question we love to ask anybody who's been a punk rocker for any number of years. I'm gonna let you do it though, Neil. Okay. And this one comes. This, this question comes in from the beautifully named Philip Seaman Hoffmore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> did you know any of the Ramones personally? I mean, apart from Marky, that is apparently who liked to insult you. Yeah, he doesn't uh, count. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, I, uh, I guess uh, we were out on tour on the East Coast one time, and we were uh, at a rest stop, 
and uh, the other guys were like, hey, that's Johnny Ramone. And I'm like, what? And he said, the fucking Ramones just pulled up in their van and everybody jumped out and went over and was talking to them. I didn't even get out of the van. I just thought it was bullshit. So uh, <laughs> that was that was the only real encounter up to that point. But then, uh, yeah, in uh, 98, right when uh, More Trouble Than They're Worth came out, we did a whole tour with Marky Ramone and the Intruders. Oh, and so we got to know Marky pretty well. Uh, it was... Uh, you know, this is a little embarrassing, and it's certainly not cool. But you stole his way. You know, I'd, I'd be I'd be back stage, you know, getting juiced up for the show, and I'd always be drinking a uh, tumbler of scotch. And you know, Mark doesn't drink anymore; he can't. And yeah. so I, I one night I was just like, uh, "Is this cool, man? I mean, I don't want to like." Uh, tempt you or anything he said no 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 but you know what we really could have partied back in the day I was like well cool and <laughs> he would want to sniff my drink and tell me what it was and then after a couple of days he figured out I was always drinking scotch so he uh, I told him from now on you have to guess what brand of scotch I'm drinking okay <laughs> <laughs> and then he yeah, figured out it was mostly Johnny Black and so we had to devise other games. But, yeah, we got to know um, Marky pretty well on that tour. Uh, really, really fun tour. And uh, um, um, Ben and Johnny uh, were on bass and guitar in the band at the time. And it, that was a lot of fun. We, we toured uh, the fall and into December. Uh, all around the country. And then they played, uh, uh, our new year's Eve show that year, uh, in Indianapolis at the Emerson. So that, that was a great way to wrap up 1998. Hmm. I don't think, did you read, did you read his biography by any chance? BA? Yeah. You read, Mark, yeah, I read his biography. Yeah. Is I read his and, uh, I read, uh, Steve Jones' That's autobiography, amazing. Lonely Boy, is a blast. I read that That's last year. That's a great year. one, yeah. If, you like, yeah. if you like to read about masturbating, that's a great book. Um, <laughs> masturbating into loaves of bread. Yes, it's great. It's funny, you know, because the Marky book, I really, it, it sort of left a bad taste in my mouth because, and you're friends with him. I don't, I'm not looking for you to say anything bad about Marky. It, it's cool. We're just, I'm just breaking balls. But, you know, he he spoke so poorly of his dead bandmates, it left a really bad taste in my mouth. It's like, what are you doing here? So I'm, I'm we're sort of anti, we sort of got some animosity towards, towards Marky because I, I just, that book, that book did not, did not sit well with me. But, you know, he's, he's, listen, the guy with the guy played drums on more Ramones album than anybody else. You got to give the guy, you got to give him his props. No question about it. Um, but the other have question, you read, uh, Neil, you want, no, go ahead. Have you read Monty's book? Have not. On I the road did. with her, On the road. On the road, that's a great one too. It but is. That that's also, but it also that's the one that goes into really, really great detail about Joey's uh, OCD, where it's just painful, right? Where they talk about like coming home from the airport on a tour, and he's got to drive back to the airport three times because he's he's so OCD. But that's a great one too. Um, 
But you know what we should ask him, Neil? We should ask B. We should ask BA the Johnny 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 question. I've got that as my number fourteen, my friend. So we'll leave that to the end. You go go ahead. I'll say let's. Oh, you want to say that? For the yeah, end? we'll okay. save it to the end. Yeah. All right. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Let's do one more question and then um, play another song. Yep. Yeah. Oh, 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 Actually, hold, hold on one let's second. Play, hold hold on one second. Now. Hold on one second, Tom. So when you said that the rest of the guys saw the Ramones coming up in the van or whatever, and they all got out to talk to them, and you didn't. Did they say they were cool, or did they say that like Johnny yelled at them, or were there any good stories coming out of that? Did you regret? No, that? Um, they, uh, you know, they were kind of blasé, you know, like, "Hey, man, what's going on?" You know, it wasn't like they were, you know, gracious to see their fans or anything, but they were nice and uh, accepting mm-hmm. that people came up and said, "Hey, it's good well, to you, see you, man." Where you know, they were on their way apparently to play a festival in D.C. that day. Oh, okay. You know what they were pissed off about? They're touring in a band because Johnny's trying to save as much money as possible, and freaking Sloppy Seconds has got a mini bus. <laughs> yeah, and they're you like, go. Yeah, "You got to yeah. be kidding me!" Yeah. <laughs> oh, not at that time. We, we were we were uh, we were driving in a 1978 Dodge Tradesman, which I have other funny stories about. <laughs> do you you guys still tour in a van now when you tour? Right? Do you you guys own a van or you rent a van or what are you doing this time to head out? Uh, the way we go now, it's best just to rent, um, you know, because generally we're only out for about 10 to 12 days at a time. We do yeah. little surgical strikes in different areas of the country. So, gotcha. All yeah. right. I mean, so yeah, back play. in the day when we were out six months out of the year, we owned a van and then later a, a airport transit uh, shuttle. Hmm. It's it's funny because you're actually we I, I actually went back and listened to the first time you're on because I didn't want to try to make sure we didn't go over the same ground too much, and you were talking about how you would do better now doing these two week tours than you used to doing six month tours, which is you know because your overhead is so much lower now. But well, that and um, you know when you're out for thirty days or you know sixty days at a stretch. Um, yeah, at a certain point, your your daily expenses overtake whatever profit margin there is. I mean, really, for us, uh, ten days to two weeks is ideal. You know, we can just pretty much blanket a certain area of the country. Now we, we have to uh, stretch it stretch it out over the course of a couple of years before we tour all the markets we want to, but, um, it, it's really cost effective and, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder, you know? So, I mean, when we come back to town, it's an event, you know? Yep. There you go. So the next song I want to play, Neil, is from the last album, Endless Bummer. And this is keeping with the beer drinking theme. This one is called kegs are for kids. (laughs) for kids and kids are for kicks beers up a drink until you fall down sick and if the drinks are free then i'm all for that so chug two gallons in a minute flat drinking tootsie water from a plastic cup looking so pathetic and so fucked up but if the kegs are for kids i hope we never run out of beer kegs are for kids cause kids never mind making friends with singers if they stand in line cause everyone knows it's saturday night we wanna get stupid if we gotta get tired 
kegs are for kids. And they certainly, Boy, the kids theme with are. a bunch of bunch of old guys bunch of old guys sitting around shooting the shit and we're talking about kids a lot, aren't we? Yeah, but like, that's was, right. when, when I first came to the States, man, went to parties, I had no idea what a keg was. I mean, I'd never seen one. Like, parties in England, you'd just bring, like, cans or you'd bring bottles or whatever. So I'd never seen a keg inside a house before. So I had no idea what the fuck to do with it when you have to pump it and stuff. So, but well, I that's learned, where we, I learned the really fast. we wanted to educate people who had never been to a keg party on the proper etiquette. So. Yeah, so I learned really yeah. fast. So that was always good. Wait, was no always... wonder you were so... When do you want to come here to stay? And it was like, always... what a wonderful country. They have these giant yes, barrels yes. of beer all over Yeah, it. and it was always fun watching the girls uh, pump them. It was, that was, was kind of exciting. So, oh. There you go. So, all right. <laughs> so, so I think I think we've – so, B.A., I think I've had back, back bar conversations with you about this over the years, but I can't remember because we're always drinking. So, in uh, – you guys are, famously yeah. the first – yeah, the, the first song on your on your debut album, of course, is I Don't Want to Be a Homosexual. Totally tongue-in-cheek, you know, and nobody's, nobody takes it seriously. Canceled, but, canceled. Uh, exactly. Well, we'll get I'm that triggered. A couple, but a couple, of years, <laughs> a couple of years later, Ben Weasel put out a song called I Want to Be a Homosexual, which was clearly an answer song. There was never, mm-hmm. was there any animosity between you guys? And you know who asked this question? Liberace. No. Liberace is curious no. about this. Yes. <laughs> From Beyond the Grave. Yeah, well, see, now if you get Sid Vicious from Beyond the Grave, like I said, um, and, and the full original Land Up to the Rooms, yeah. Um, yeah. No, uh, no, there there was never any bad blood there. Um, I think if I remember correctly, there, uh, Maximum Rock and Roll put out a special uh, gay issue. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, that seems really redundant, you know, now that there's Pride Month and everything. But back I mean, in every, the early 90s, that Jackson was kind of a now. thing, you know. I mean, sure. you, you could make it um, a publishing event out of putting out a special all-gay issue of a punk rock sure. And um, I think there was a... I'm not sure who all was involved. I think it was Bruce LaBruce and let's see if I'm getting these names right after all these years. Vaginal Cream Davis. <laughs> these guys wow. were asking questions back and forth. And if I'm not mistaken, one of those guys heard about our song, probably didn't actually listen to it, but kind of put up a challenge to Ben to write a song called I Want to Be a Homosexual. And they wrote a great song. You know, I I, I love that song. I actually um, uh, sung it a couple times with some uh, uh, local people around town here. But uh, um, no, I mean, if we indirectly were the inspiration for that song, you know, I'm glad they got a great song out of it. Did you, and, did you know, you I mean, Ben's gone out of his way to say that, uh, I, I think even in the liner notes to one of the records, he says, for the record, we don't find the sloppy second yeah. song in the least homophobic. No, no. Yeah, I know. I, I read that. Did uh, did you guys so know each For other? Ben, that's a pretty big step. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Were you guys friendly, or did you not really know each other? Um, you know, we crossed paths from time to time. Uh, we, um he was involved with the Roadkill label early on. Um, mm. 
And uh, we did a single for them, I think, right after the Destroyed album was out. We put out a, oh, it was Where Eagles Dare and Ice Cream Man we did as a single. Ah, okay. Uh, and that was originally on Roadkill Records, which uh, Ben was kind of affiliated with at the time. And um, when he was in the Riverdales, uh, they played one of the Sloppy Paloozas. So, yeah, we know each other a little bit. And I think um, he put uh, the Destroyed album on a list of his top 40 or something like that. So, you know, I mean, oh, but, cool. yeah, as much as, people who don't run in the same circles encounter each other. We have a little bit and seem like a pretty nice guy. Gotcha. You know what, Neil, we're not quite ready for another song. So let's skip ahead. Well, to... you, I was going to say you, you could have played two songs. Two of the songs you want to play could have gone right there, but no, yeah. let's, let's skip ahead to question number. We are so organized. It's so funny. BA. We never do. We never do questions like this. We always just kind of go off the cuff but we're very organized today, so we don't want to be caught flat-footed. But you want to skip – I tell you, this is a good one for you to read, Neil. Go, why don't you skip to question number 10? Number this 10. is an interesting question, and I wonder if BA has ever thought about this. So Yeah, and this is uh, yeah, this is a deep, deep question, actually very sensible. So this is it comes from Jimmy, which is a Jimmy. very boring name. But um, do you think that Tracy Lords was an innocent victim of a brutal industry, or was she a savvy businesswoman who knew exactly what she was doing? Thoughts, BA? Plan B. Definitely. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, um, I think she wanted to get laid and I think she <laughs> enjoyed the fact that she was getting paid for it and she knew she was incredibly hot. And she also, you know, made a lot of money on the back end by getting out of porn. So, I mean, I, and I don't begrudge her any of that, but I, I, I don't think she was a victim at all. No. Yeah. All I know is she was excellent in the movie Cry Baby. So, which is one of oh, my, she was. Which yeah, is one I mean, of my I, favorite I, movies. You know, yeah, yeah, she was fantastic in that. That was definitely her best uh, uh, role in phase two of her career. Yeah. So there you so go, actually, Tom. Why actually, you, uh, if you want to talk new wave hookers, then. Uh, <laughs> Yes, I actually do remember watching that back in the mid '80s and drinking too much and eating too much cheesy popcorn and throwing up for like two hours. So that's my memory of that movie. So there that's you go. Great. New Wave Hookers and New Wave uh, Hookers Two. I saw both of those back to back. All right, I'll tell you what, Neil. I'm going to ask one more question. This might be the most bizarre question we have, and then we're going to double back and play a song. So okay. this one came from Lesser Creatures, and this question is. <laughs> This is so stupid. What is Zach Buzzkill's basement like? <laughs> have you been? You've been to Zach Buzzkill's house, right? I have. I, I didn't spend as much time in the basement as uh, some people did. I can tell you what it's like sleeping on um, his uh, his son's wrestling toys, though. Yes. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> no. Wake up yeah, with like Hulk Hogan appearance. I slept in uh, Zach's son's room. So I was uh, sleeping on top of all these WWF plastic toys that I couldn't uh, kick out of this tiny race car sized bed that was supposed to <laughs> hold this behemoth. <laughs> 
I bet you he took pictures of that, and someday this is going to be prime blackmail material. It's like, you need to get me a record deal with Tang, or I'm going to release these pictures. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I don't hate anybody that much. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> So you, so you have not. It, can you? So you officially have not seen his basement. Is that is that what I'm understanding? No, no, no. I I, I was down there, but I I didn't. Uh, did you have to like pass a little background here? Yeah, yeah. Give us some background on. Give us some background on uh, what exactly okay, is uh, in his basement that is so interesting. I I have a. Uh, uh, I I think you guys know this, but. Um, during downtime, uh, I play with a local cover band. Yeah. We just do 50s, 60s, 70s, punk and roll kind of stuff uh, called Thunderbolt Grease Slapper. And um, that band went over to play in St. Louis and open up for the Radio Buzzkills. And uh, while we were over there, they put us up for the night. And the other guys slept down in the basement, which was pretty cold. <laughs> uh, but, the uh, and they have a huge friendly dog that, uh, jumps up in your face. Uh, real nice dog. But, um, I needed to have, um, uh, a bed separate for everybody else because my snoring is legendary. So um, <laughs> in order for everybody else to sleep, I have to sleep a good distance away from them. And so um, his uh, kids were uh, out for the weekend. I, I don't know if uh, his parents were watching them or his ex or whatever, but uh, so I slept in one of the boys' rooms with all the WWF toys. So that's why I only have a passing acquaintance with uh, Zach Buzzkill's basement. But yeah, I, I've definitely seen it, and it's it's a lot better than my basement. I'll give him that. So what is down there? Do they have a wrestling ring or something? What the, what the hell's the deal with his basement? Or does he have his? For, oh, there's there, amps and um, ah, uh, it's just a comfortable space. couch. You know, it ah. probably is a practice place for him. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and when we had yeah, him on, one of those uh, washing machines—the kind of stuff that is in most basements. But yeah, yeah, cheesy little lamp one, over in the corner. So, one of those like uh, like uh, dummy things where he's like making his skin suit out of the women <laughs> that he has trapped in his basement. Zach, we Zach Zach expressed a lot. Oh of yeah, there was the woman in the pit, in but I wasn't. Gonna yeah, exactly. That. It puts the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. All right, listen, let's spin another song. Let's spin. Let's spin. I don't want to be a homosexual since we talked about it. Let's, let's, we played the we actually played the live version of it last time you were on. But let's play the studio version. Let, give the kids a little culture, a little uh, uh, little John Waters. And uh, so this is from Destroyed. This is the song that launched a thousand ships. This is I, I don't want to be a homosexual. Have you met any nice boys in the salon? Oh, pretty nice. I mean, any nice queer boy. Do you fool with any of them? And how do you know I dig women? Ah, uh, don't tell me that. Christ, let's not go through this again. All those beauticians and you don't have any boy dates? I don't want any boy dates. Oh, honey, I'd be so happy if you turned Nelly. No way. I'm straight. I mean, I like a lot of queers, but I don't dig their equipment, you know? I like women. But you could change. 
Chris, I'd just better. I'd be so proud if you was a fag and had a nice beautician boyfriend. I'd never have to worry. There ain't nothing to worry about. I worry that you work in an office, have children, celebrate wedding anniversaries. The world of heterosexual is a sick and boring life. Sometimes I think you're fucking crazy. I'm real happy just the way I am.
I don't want to be a homosexual there. Uh, so, yeah, from their first song, from their first album. Fun stuff. So, Fun stuff. so I'll, t- I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, Neil. Do you yes, want sir. to ask the question we got from, from Bill Cosby? Yes. Or is it my turn or your turn? I no, can't it's remember. My, yeah, okay. it's, my, it's my turn. Yeah, because you asked the basement, the weird basement question. Um, That's right. That's yes, right. you did. Uh, so uh, a certain Mr. Bill Cosby, who I, I don't know who that is, but there you go. Um, he, is, he asks, are you afraid of the cancel culture crew coming for you? <laughs> First, I got to say I'm impressed by the guys you get to contribute these questions. Amazing. Isn't that amazing? Well, yeah. Pretty, you know, <laughs> Bill Dead Liberace is one thing. Recently paroled Bill Cosby is really impressive. He must have been well, listening to you guys uh, in prison, Cosby, I'm guessing. Bill Cosby wanted, he wanted to be here himself, but I guess he was having some kind of a party at his house. So, you know, he was having a kegger at his. <laughs> o- only ladies I invited to, though. I canceled my invitation to that just to come here. <laughs> there you go. Well, you know, yeah. you might wake up feeling better. <laughs> You know, um, I mean, to seriously address this question, though, I mean, I don't have any uh, fear of this. I I think at this point, you know what you're getting with sloppy seconds. I mean, I was one of those people who couldn't believe that after whatever it is, 40 plus years, that somebody actually got offended at a Dickies show. Exactly. You know, I yep. mean, that was disgusting. Yeah, that was absolutely insane. You know, I mean, but it was man, it was manufactured outrage, though. You know, it was that. That's the world we live in, right? It's manufactured. Yeah. Outrage. I mean, um, now don't get me wrong. I don't think we could put out a song like "I Don't Want to Be a Homosexual" today, and um, not have to backtrack all over the place explaining ourselves. But I mean, I think, you know, if you actually um, look at the songs from the viewpoint that they're written. I don't think, you know, the one, you know, there's a couple songs that I thought were going to get us in a shitload of trouble over the years, and we didn't really hear much. You know, Iggy Bricky Skull, I thought certainly we'd get oh, a lot that's of Neil's fa- That's Neil's favorite song. Yes, which I dedicated to an old girlfriend that's uh, on one of our last episodes. Yes. <laughs> well, you know what's funny? You yeah, know, wonder why, wonder why they call that was a deliberate. Um, I, you know, when we were coming up with that one, I was just thinking, I want to write a Dee Dee Ramone song. And, you know, I was thinking of songs like Glad to See You Go and Emergency and all those kind of songs. And, okay, this is, you know, a song nobody can possibly take seriously. So I'll just be as brutal as possible with it. Um, And, you know, I mean, Black Roses, that's another one. I, I, you know, and the funny thing about Black Roses, which, you know, for anybody who doesn't know, is basically about a guy uh, running from an unplanned pregnancy. And um, girls like it more, most of all. Hmm. Our female fans love that song. So, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't worry about cancel culture because... I don't think anybody's going to spend money on a ticket to come see us and get pissed off. It is it is always interesting when these older bands sort of capitulate to this because, you know, somebody like the Dwarves or the Queers or you guys or whatever, it's like nobody 
nobody who was pretending to be outraged was going to buy your record anyway, right? No, I mean, I certainly don't think. I mean, there have been certainly people from the very beginning who just kind of dismiss it and said, this isn't funny. You know, and see, I wonder. People without a sense of humor, that would be. It doesn't necessarily have to be. I mean, you know, I mean, that the point of view is just, you know, what comes naturally as far as the way I write lyrics. You know, musically, we're not revisionist at all. You know, we're, we're just playing straight out of the 77 school as far as I'm concerned. Sure. So, you know, I mean, like, did you guys ever play like 924 Gilman back in the day? I played there once and nobody was there. Because I I know, well, that's one of those venues that's been taken over by the Wokies, you know? So you can't, you know, you're not going to get, you know, an anti-Nowhere League certainly not going to play there. (laughs) That would be amazing, actually. Well, but like the queers were standards at 924 Gilman back in the day, right? They were always there. I wonder if they could. I don't know if they could still play there or not. Probably not. It's 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 a weird it's a weird thing. Well, not anyway, you. there was, you know, they they were on lookout. There was a big connection with the label sure. at the time. Sure. So, um, I think part of the reason um, that we've never had to be that concerned with that kind of thing is, you know, we're not, you know, <laughs> to quote a song lyric, we're never part of the cool click. So, hey. um, yeah, it, it's just, we, we've always just kind of made our own way. And, you know, if anybody wants to come, come along for the ride, we're happy to have them, but, you know, I mean, it kind of goes too far off in the other direction sometimes too, because, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but sometimes we get people turning up at the shows that are way too far in the skinhead direction for my company. Yeah. I remember one uh, show specifically we were at, I think it was Cleveland, where I was like, where there were some like, like, like hardcore skinheads there, like racist skinheads. It's like, wow, where do you get, where do they show up? How did that work? You know, I know you guys never did anything to encourage that type of stuff, you know? Hey, they need it's to get crazy. out of the house. No, too. one time we actually ended up uh, after a gig uh, crashing someplace. I think it was in northern Indiana. And once we got to the pad, we became pretty aware that we were with some white nationalists. <laughs> ah, excellent. Uh, so, yeah, I think... I mean, do you Moses think it's because... Is it because made of, like, up phone calls with them, but that was the extent of our involvement. I mean, is it like... I mean, do they hear Janie is a Nazi and they don't get that it's, like, being ironic or something? I, I just... I, it's bizarre, right? Well, and I don't think Jeannie is a Nazi is even uh, remotely political. It's just kind of no, no, not at all. But I mean, it says not, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Are they are they just so thick headed that they just think I don't know? I well, don't know. well, right, I, I, well I, hold on. I think though, political affiliation aside, everyone's allowed to just go out and have fun if they want, right? It doesn't yeah, mean they can only go see yeah, bands yeah, of that of that ilk. I mean, they're not just going to see yeah, Screwdriver, I guess. But yeah, yeah I mean, I, I you know, if if they're not gonna go off on anybody else at the show. You know, I don't mind. You know, we get a lot of uh, metal fans at our show too, which I find kind of funny, but you know, I mean, it's, it's just kind of uh, become a, the melting pot of the sloppy audience. You know, I mean, we, um, there's a lot of 
people that are into the straight edge thing that would never come see us. And right. Probably the stupidest lineup we ever played one time was when we opened for Fugazi. And I was like, <laughs> wow. in the world thought this was a good idea. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I have actually, I have another example of a show that I think is strange, but let's play a couple of these non-woke songs really quick, Neil. Let's, we're going to add Black Roses, but let's play my favorite of the unwoke sloppy second songs. Actually, I don't know which is my favorite unwoke sloppy second songs. There's so many of them, but let's do a classic that we're bound to hear when we see these guys live later this year. Let's do Why Don't Lesbians Love Me? And then let's chase it with the slightly more serious Black Roses. You lay one finger on one of my girls, and I swear to God, I'll wrap this chain around your neck and shove it down your throat. Oh, good Christ. Oh. A lesbian.
Okay, that was Why Don't Lesbians Love Me? <laughs> That's kind of and, your theme song, isn't it, Neil? <laughs> yes. And uh, and Black Roses. I guess they, they, they go by, the, uh, by sloppy <laughs> seconds. So, actually, I was going to ask you on the same theme. Have you ever been asked to go down to Fest, which is another woke thing? I think some fans have brought up the possibility of us playing Fest. Um, you know, and my attitude is always the same when anybody ever asks us to come play any city or festival or anything. First of all, would they have us? And second of all, is there enough of a following there for us to justify it? You know, mm-hmm. um, and if the answers to both questions are yes, certainly we'd entertain anything. You know, I mean, people ask us all the time if we're going to play Australia. I'm like, well, <laughs> if we can get an offer that makes it feasible for us to do so, we'd love to fly Australia, you know. Yeah, you got to be uh, getting some serious money to fly out to Australia. Well, yeah, and then, you know, all your gear will get stolen. So, you know. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's my that's my Australian friends out there. Uh, our friend uh, Simon uh, uh, is from Brisbane, and he uh, uh, at the end of one of our tours in the UK back in the nineties, he came to see us on our last show of the tour, and the next time we came over, he showed up at our first show and just hopped in the van and rode all across Europe with us and then after the European leg was over he hopped a plane and flew over to the United States and jumped in the van again and did a whole US tour with us so, well, Tom uh, you wow. thought you were a hardcore uh, fan Tom and see, see what yeah, you can no, no I know that I know I know Scott and I aren't the only ones who do what we do and he always like there's been times where I'm like would you guys hurry up and put out your dates already so I can plan my vacation you know but <laughs> so you can plan the anniversary <laughs> party Exactly. Well, listen, everybody needs a hobby. And That's true. There's worse hobbies than, you know, following sloppy seconds of Boris the Sprinkler around the country, you know, or around the Midwest, at least. It's true. All right. It's true. There's it's more profitable so, hobbies, though. <laughs> so, yeah, that's true. But, you know, it's, it, it, you know, if anything, if 2020 taught us anything, it's that life is short. You know, do whatever you, you know, do as much as you can. I was thinking, you know, it's, it's I'm getting a little deja vu because we were doing this a year and a half ago and we were all excited about all these shows and then everything got shut down. And now I'm on the way home from work. And what am I hearing about this stupid Delta variant or whatever? The news is pretty much, you know, doom porn 24 hours a day. And I'm just like, oh, man, don't do that to me again. I don't think I could handle it. I don't think I could handle having my all my fun ripped away from me for another year. So... Speaking of, yeah, okay, speaking of, so it is, and I mean, the fact of the matter is, this is the first year you guys didn't go out at all. You know, you guys didn't play at all that whole year. I mean, it's been a long time since you went a whole year without playing, hasn't it? Has it ever happened? Yeah. No. Well, um, actually, there was a stretch in the early 2000s. Um, we we played a. Uh, a horror festival out in California in 2005. And this tells you how bad the situation was. At the time, we had just recorded the tracks that ended up um, being the bed tracks for Endless Bummer. And we would go out and play strings of shows, and we had been telling people since 98 that this album was coming out. We recorded those tracks in 2005 and 
the album didn't get it, end up being, being released until 2008. So there was a year and a half there where I said, no, fuck this. We are not playing another show and telling people, yeah, 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 this album's coming out until we have a pressing because we have come so far on so many contracts to have the label bail out of us at this point. And, you know, in uh, uh, late... Uh, 2007 was when we uh, connected with Kid Tested. And uh, once we uh, actually sent the tapes to them for pressing, uh, then we actually started planning on playing more dates. So that That's was a delivery. You know, they, they took as long as Social Distortion to make a record. <laughs> I can't believe like that. They started, talking about, they, started, <laughs> they started talking about it in 98, and it came out in 2009. 11 years. That's Mike Ness, right? Yeah, that's that is. Mike that's, that's, a, yeah, that's a standard Mike Ness schedule right there, yeah. So, so BA, you know, this, and this is a bizarre, you were talking about bizarre combinations of shows. So Jason, who is a, is a fellow punk news contributor with me, asked this question, which I think is sort of crazy. He says, were you scared when the cops broke up the Poison Idea show in Chicago in 1990? I sure as hell was. Do you remember this show? And how did you yeah. build with Poison Idea? Well, we we'd actually uh, played with him in Indianapolis. Um, the week before, and mm. we we went up to I think it was the Cubby Bear in Chicago. Oh, yes, the, yes, the Cubby. Yeah, I've seen many shows there. Place to put on that show. Um, there was a um, we had a friend of ours that was that videotaped the show for us, and halfway through the show, the security dragged him downstairs and wanted to know what. Uh, what he thought he was recording because they were obviously paranoid that they, for those that don't know, the bouncers at the cubby bear were pricks. They were, I mean, they, they were, they were absolute jerks. And, uh, so there were, um, there were some, there might've been some racist skins there. I don't know. There were definitely some, what are they called? Sharps. The yeah. Sharps. Skinheads yeah. Yep. Yep. Prejudice. Yep. Um, so the, there were definitely some sharp guys there. Um, but the bouncers caused all the trouble. And Mm. I think by the, we had already played our set poison idea was headlining. And by the time they come on, the cops probably got there just in time to see Jerry blowing fire or something like that. So, um, yeah, that show we, we did end up getting paid, but I, I think by that point I was already uh, down in the backstage area trying to get the security people to let go of our uh, video guy. So I probably didn't catch the biggest part of that conf- confrontation, but I definitely remember it. Hmm. See, that's so funny. So that you did s- you get did I'm you s- get your tape back? I mean, I'm sorry, Neil. Is, is, did you get your tape back? Is this like yeah? We laughed at it because he, the guy the guy kept recording the whole time and just kept the camera down by his side. <laughs> you can hear this conversation thing. Look, you told me to shut off the fucking camera, and I did. And the buzzer goes, "Yeah, but I want to know what you were recording, man. What, what did you think you were pulling here? The whole thing is being recorded." So, yeah, they were. They, not only violent, but not particularly bright guys either. 
Well, it would have been it would have been uh, the, it would have been the same year. Um, I was at the Cubby Bear. That would have been 1990 as well. And I was watching the Digits, and they played with Elvis Hitler. Believe it or not. Nice. And um, yeah, I, I ended up getting slugged in the face by one of the bouncers there. Um, so mm. yeah, because if people that don't know, you the do, cu- you do, that's, that's your winning personality, Neil. I guess so. But the Cubby <laughs> Bear is right across from Wrigley Field, so I, I'd right. imagine on the weekends they are dealing with some complete drunk dickheads. So, but you may not want to have those same bounces at a at a regular. Yeah, but read the room, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Read the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's some. Yeah, they were real jock dickheads. Yeah. Without a doubt. All right, I'll tell yeah. you what. I'm, I'm gonna. So you mentioned this earlier, and I've been going back and trying to get all your early singles. And you mentioned you guys did uh, famously did the single "Where Eagles Dare" with Bobby Steele. How did how did that come about? Hold on a of second. Course, who, this, who asked the question, Tom? Um, that was asked by Michael. oh, Mikhail Graves. Yeah, Michael Graves. <laughs> so oh, for the misfits, chimes in. A proud, proud boy, Mikhail Grave, asks, uh, how did the collaboration with uh, you and Bobby Steele come about? Yes. Well, I still have the paperwork tucked away in my Bible here, so let me check on that real quick. Uh, <laughs> the contract, yes. Uh, I, uh, well, the funny thing was, um, Bobby Steele was uh, setting up some Midwestern dates at the time. And um, Bobby's one of those guys who like has no permanently fixed band members or at least yeah. didn't back at the time. It was just yeah. wh- whatever lineup he pulled together would be his um, backing band for the tour. They would be the undead, Bobby and yep. two other guys. Yep, I saw um, a few different lines so, myself. Yep. So, um, somehow, um, he was put in touch with our drummer, Steve, and Steve was actually, uh, drumming for the undead on a string of Midwestern shows at the time. Hmm. And hmm. another guy that he knew from, uh, a record shop that he used to hang out in, uh, ended up playing bass. So these two guys from Indianapolis were the undead along with Bobby Steele for that tour. And they were rehearsing in this little uh, three-room house that I was living in at the time. It was like a living room, bedroom, adjacent bathroom, and then this all-purpose room that uh, we used to rehearse in. So Bobby and Steve and this uh, uh, guy on bass were rehearsing all these undead and misfit songs in my house. And... Sometimes Bobby would say, well, B.A., why don't you just sing these songs uh, so that uh, I don't blow my throat out before the dates start? And I was like, okay, so, you know, I can, uh, you know, I, I know most of the Misfit songs by heart, and I uh, uh, knew the Undead stuff fairly well, but he would generally sing his own songs, but the Misfit songs he would just let me sing so he didn't have to bother with it until he was on stage. Um, and while he was in town, we had been, um, uh, using where Eagles there as, uh, kind of a encore on some shows. Sometimes we'd play no feelings by the pistol. Sometimes we'd play where Eagles there or an anti nowhere league song or something like that. But, um, we, 
so we were rehearsing War Eagles Dare for the Undead dates. And I said, you know, Sloppy Seconds actually plays this sometimes. And he said, yeah, that's cool. He said, yeah, I was, uh, it's a shame because at the time, Legacy of Brutality was the only uh, Misfits album you could buy. Uh, everything else was out of print. Uh, and he said, yeah, Glenn pretty much erased all my tracks off the uh, yeah. songs that are on Legacy. So uh, I said, oh, well, hell, while you're in town, why don't we record Where Eagles Dare and you can play guitar on it? And he's like, well, that would be kind of cool since there's no other version of me playing guitar that's available. So uh, we uh, booked a little studio time and uh, went in and Danny gracefully stepped aside and let uh, Bobby play the guitar. And we did uh, Where Eagles Dare and we also, with Danny, recorded uh, an early version of Ice Cream Man as the flip side. And that was the single that uh, was put out by Roadkill Records out of Chicago. Okay. It's what, – what's your – so – I'm a big Undead fan, and we actually recently had Steve Zing on, who was like one of the early drummers for the Undead, mm-hmm. uh, played in Samhain. And uh, he seemed to give the impression that Bobby was very difficult back in the day to work with, which is funny because I have only met like the older Bobby Steele, and he just is like the most easygoing guy. What's your impression of Bobby Steele? Well, I think um, probably at the time he was I, – I don't know – what he was like in the misfits. And I guess it depends on who you talk to. Sure. Um, uh, you know, I know he and, uh, Jerry don't have anything nice to say about each other. Oh, is that but, right? That's um, a bummer. Yeah. I mean, they, they, cause he likes Doyle. He, he had very, he spoke very, very highly of Doyle when I talked to him in Chicago a few years ago, but anyway, that's oh. right. Go ahead. Um, I think just because he he probably, in my opinion, very rightfully felt uh, kind of uh, sidelined and victimized, you know, by the whole situation. So he might have been, you know, I mean, I, I only had my own experience to go by and we were fine. You know, we played a couple shows, um, we actually flew him in one. I think when the single was released, we, uh, yeah, we flew him in from Jersey to do uh, Where Eagles Dare and I think Last Caress as an encore at one of our shows in the Chicago suburbs, Elmhurst, I think it was. McGregor's in Elmhurst, right. Um, So, yeah, I've never had any bad experiences with Bobby, but, you know, I, I've heard other people say the same thing, you know, they don't like his attitude. I believe believe what Steve said was that everybody's got their Bobby story or their Bobby nightmare or something like that. I don't know. I think eventually I want to get Bobby on to tell his old story. So we'll work on that. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. I I can only go by my own experience, which was fine. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, let's play that song. Let's, Neil, let's spin that song, and then we're good. We probably better work towards letting B.A. go. You know, last time, he was like our first 
like guests that were like, I was really paranoid about, oh, I don't want to keep him more than an hour, keep him more than an hour. I think we're already at like an hour and a half now, and we're just, and, but we'll come back and wrap it up after BA's this. BA's so just warming play. up. What are you talking about? The second That's tell. true. I don't know how yeah. many, I don't know how many lining kugels he's got left. <laughs> if, if he's only uh, I'm on my third one, so we're, yeah, we're running a little bit low here. <laughs> I'm debating on whether to text my wife in the downstairs and say, "Hey, we bring me another." another definitely, beer? yeah, definitely. The cause... look, the look she gives me when she does that, Neil. I don't know if it's worth the looks that kill. <laughs> but all right, let's 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 spin where Eagles did great Misfits classic with uh, this is uh, Sloppy Seconds and Bobby Steele. Where Eagles dare. originally by the misfits but this one was sloppy seconds off the uh, which album was that that was off there like uh it was a seven inch right then it was in a compilation yeah. right yeah well it's funny he mentioned legacy of brutality because it's famous for so the other thing we asked we asked steve zing about was why aren't these albums in print you know like the misfits bootleg market is huge you know there's like really good quality bootlegs out there and he said well there's some legal issues and I keep hearing people tell me that's because Glenn doesn't need the money and he doesn't want to pay anybody else. So I don't know if that's true or not. But yeah, but he'd probably yeah, he shits w- on the money by ratio in those albums, right? Well, he, you'd think there's yeah. some money in there to be had. Yeah, but no, I, the legacy brutality. He re, he like re-recorded all the tracks himself of the former members, so he didn't have to or something. Mm. At least that was the legend. Oh, dear. But who knows? You know, when it comes to the misfits, there's as much legend as there is truth. So. Yeah. Well, anyway. yeah, um, that, so that was, yeah, we, we split the vocals on that song too. So that was yeah. kind of cool. Uh, okay. Right. So, so, so the next question is from, oh, wow. Eric Trump ch- chimes in from the uh, Trump oh, compound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're very, we're very connected with the Trump family. I guess he must be a <laughs> pop punk shithead. I'm assuming. Um, yes. he said, is that a real cop car in the 15 minutes or it's free video? <laughs> Oh, now this seems like a plant story because there is a huge uh, 
uh, tale behind that. Do you yes. think this might be something? Do you think this might be something that somebody heard in a back bar one time? Yes. Shooting the shit yes. to the members of Sloppy Seconds. Well, look, well, it's, thought, tr- what's hey, a Trump family member? So he's, I'm sure he's maybe got his. Maybe thought the know. audience was like, hey, "Well, the Trumps, the Trumps always show up at at, this, at Sloppy Seconds." Yeah, show. Eric. Every place cool you want to be. <laughs> exactly. You know, the fact of it is, Ivanka only won't come anymore because she, I've been creeping her out with my constant, you know, <laughs> roving eyes. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so. Uh, okay, this, so this video, the video. This the first big video. Yeah. Yeah, this was this was actually a, a financed video. Um, uh, Nitro gave us a budget for this. And uh, the uh, director named Neil Toussaint, and he'd been a cameraman on some pretty big Hollywood productions. Um, so we uh, filmed a lot of the interiors at um, a house that belonged to... Um, Andy, who was the owner of the or the manager of the Emerson Theater, uh, that was a place he was uh, uh, living in at the time that he called the Ghetto Mansion, and um, so that's where the uh, party scene with the pizza delivery and the band playing in the room upstairs, the guy leaping off the balcony and all that stuff was shot at the Ghetto Mansion. Uh, the pizza parlor is actually the Emerson theater. Um, yeah. So, uh, we dressed it up and made, you know, there was actually a pizza oven in there. So it seemed like a logical place to have, shoot have, it. Are you, are you familiar with this video, Neil? I am not. As a matter of fact, no, you have to watch it. It's, it's, it's pretty funny. I'm sorry. Keep I'll, going, have, I'll have to ask Eric Trump about it. Apparently. Exactly. <laughs> or any of the Trumps. Yes. Donald jr. Any of them really. But anyway, <laughs> Kim, ask Kim Gilfoyle. Um, so the um, the neck, uh, that's my best Kim Guilfoyle. Uh, <laughs> so um, the director um, had said, well, why don't we have your pizza guy speeding to make the delivery and being chased by the cops? And I was like, we were sure, but how are we going to do that? He said, well, um, I have a friend of the family who's on the uh, sheriff's department here in Indianapolis. So um, he's got a take home vehicle and we can have him pursuing your pizza guy. And you're like, fine. That sounds like a great concept if you want to shoot it that way. So <laughs> they filmed the chase scene at night. That's what's funny. The, uh, party is obviously taking place during during the daytime hours and the guy jumps in the car to deliver the pizza during daylight but the pursuit appears to be taking place at night well what happened was um, the sheriff's deputy is following this car with its lights going and a member of the Indianapolis police department was sitting on a side street and joined the pursuit. Oh shit. <laughs> and so this ended up being a big interdepartmental pissing contest between the police department, and the sheriff's department and 
I guess this guy got a reprimand and got suspended for using his vehicle in a non-official capacity off duty and all this shit. So we asked Neil later on, the director, we said, so whatever happened to that guy? He said, are you shitting me? I'm never going to talk to that guy again. I fear for my life. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, uh, ended up being pretty costly for that guy who was just trying to do a family friend a favor. Maybe that one cop wasn't a bastard, Neil. Maybe yeah. that one, huh? Well, there, you go, there you go, Eric Trump. Does that answer your question? There you so, go. The only way he got out of trouble is that he had powerful friends and powerful places. Yes. Made, made or are you listening, America? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. Why go, Kim, we... go. Yeah. You know, there's... Uh, there's now nah, I'm going to ask one of the other boys. I was going to say, there's one other sound bite on a... Sloppy album that I just love, but you know, I think I'm going to get it from Steve Sloppy himself one day. So I'll tell you what, Neil, why don't you ask him the Johnny, Johnny, Johnny question, and then we will let him go finish his lining kugels, and we will, okay, you know, I'll go spend a little qual- that quality half hour with my wife that I get before I go to bed. <laughs> quality half hour with the bathroom because you have to pee real bad. I'm be- that, I'm ha- that quality half hour <laughs> I get where I sit on the computer and she watches TV, but yes. we're in the same room. Yes, it's, yes it sounds. Do you good. relate to that, BA? That's marital bliss, right? <laughs> That's what bonding mouth to these days, I'm afraid. Exactly. <laughs> okay, like, BA. Okay, this is this is one I came up with a while ago when, when we've asked we've asked numerous musicians this question. So you have Johnny Thunders, Johnny Rotten, Johnny Ramone. Pick the most I don't know, influential to you. Or your favorite or yeah. whatever you want to do. Yeah, however you want to do it. Which Johnny are you going with? Actually, B.A., we're going to do it different for you. Johnny Thunder, Johnny Rodden, Johnny Ramon. Um, Actually, since it's your second visit, we're going to do it different. We're going to do it Fuck, Mary Kill. Oh, shit. Really? No, I'm just kidding. Jesus. That would be interesting, though, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, I can start by saying the least influential was Johnny Rodden. Damn, um, you Americans are all the same, aren't you? God, you, you all stick together. Well, but I know you. Um, I know you guys well, and I'll Pistols. tell you why, Neil, because I consider the Sex Pistols Steve Jones's band. Whoa! Really interesting. Yep. Well, he was, and I am much more impressed with Steve Jones' post Pistols career than Johnny than Johnny Rotten's. Wow. Okay. So, are you a fan of those Steve Jones solo albums? Because I actually kind of am, no. like Mercy, and it was two of them. You're not, okay? No, but I love That's the how professional, much you hate and I at least like Checkered Past. Okay. You don't sure. like Pill at all? Not even their early stuff? I'll take that well, as a no. I, I thought the first album was okay, but um, I, I'm, I'm probably the one person who's not arty enough to appreciate metal box you know so i actually th- i actually think metal box is hugely overrated hugely overrated it's a great idea until you put it on and then i turn it off after like 10 10 seconds <laughs> yeah it's, it's, um, it's horrible i uh, yeah I, I just feel like uh, everything that i loved about the sex pistols was mostly musical i i i think some of the songs have um, pretty cool lyrics, but you know, I mean, I I think as an American, I'm not an, a, 
as tied into what the political ramifications were of the band at the time. So, you know, I, I've, I've always just considered them a great rock and roll band. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But that sneer, B.A., that sneer. Oh, I love the sneer. But anyway, okay. God save the Queen, Anarchy so in the we're... UK. Come on, man. That was a, that was a life-changing, life-changing, right. genre-changing. It's his opinion, Neil. It's his, it's opinion. his opinion. Yes, true enough, true so enough. So it leaves us with two... Leaves us with two great patriotic um, Americans. And the Sex Pistols were Glenn Matlock's band anyway, so let's not forget that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, oh, I, yeah, I, I think he'd probably be my second choice, you know, you as go. far as Pistol, you know. Okay. But, yeah, I, I, I've been a Steve Jones fan all the way. I mean, even back in the 70s when I first heard him, you know, I was like, that is a great guitar sound. And, you know, yeah. I mean... People forget uh, Paul Mahern from the Zero Boys, who produced most of our records, made this point. There was no template for punk rock when that album came out. They had to decide what the sound of punk rock was going to be, and that record kind of defined it. But what about the first Ramones album? See, I would argue that the first Ramones, I would argue it was the first Ramones album, though I think you could make the argument that the two of them sort of were the two. Yeah, paths so the, you know yes, sort of the, the sort sure. of the beatles and rolling stones yep. one was more you know but yeah they definitely were but i mean i i agree with what uh, uh steve jones said in the book that um you cannot say that the sex pistols were influenced by the ramon style i think they definitely were much more coming out of that mick ronson school yeah 100 yeah. percent. yeah i agree with chuck that. berry a lot more chuck berry style yeah yeah. So that yeah. so that leaves, um, John, that leaves you Johnny Thunders and Johnny Ramone. No, no easy call, even when you get it down to two. Yeah. Um, so you say, um, musically, I think uh, Sloppy Seconds has a lot more uh, Heartbreakers influence than people normally give us credit for. I mean, or at least recognition. I, I, you know, everybody says we're a Ramones-inspired band, and, you know, that's obviously true, but the Heartbreakers were a huge influence on us musically, and really more uh, Walter Lure than Thunders. Hmm. Uh, just that steady rock and roll courting and, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, flat, classic lead fills. Um, I'd probably go with Thunders, honestly. Thunders wins again. I think he's got. You know, a, I think I would, he's yeah. got two or three wins now. I think. I um, would play the great. Uh, I would play the great uh, Slobby second song, Johnny Be Dead. But we actually played that last time he yeah, was we, on. You know what? We could play it again. We no, could, we're we gonna play, play fifteen minutes. Or it's, we're gonna play fifteen minutes, or it's free. We're gonna play. What? Think about that. We're gonna play fifteen minutes, or it's free. That's the song we talked about with the video with the poor. Oh right. The poor police. The poor gotcha. victimized police officer. Okay. So so Johnny Johnny Thunders wins this yeah, round. This is dedicated to him wherever he ended up. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, I don't know where he went, but there you go. Wow, Johnny Thunders wins. I think he won with Todd Sheets as well. I think Todd Sheets said, uh, said Johnny Thunders, and I think uh, somebody else did too. I don't remember who. But Have you heard the new Cheats, have you heard the new Cheats single? Because I actually wrote about it for, for New Noise. It's a cover of Bay City, Bay City Rollers. Rollers right? Yeah. yeah, Rock and Roll Love Letter. Rock and Roll Love Letter. They did a great uh, Blondie cover a few years ago. Was it Hanging on a Telephone, I think they yep, did? it was. Which yep, is they, a cover they, yeah. of they do a fair amount of they do a fair amount of covers. You know, it's funny because I part of me is like, I really want to. I'm I'm almost thinking about driving to that Maryland show, Neil, just so I can like 
get these bands before they sell out all their vinyl copies that they're going out on tour with. You know, I really want to get a copy of that Cheats album, and I still have to get that vinyl copy of uh, Endless Bummer, which okay, I'm going to let that actually be the last question. What do you, what do you, uh, what are you going to be? You guys have notoriously always have lots of merch. I mean, I have like a sloppy seconds license plate ring. I mean, I have. <laughs> I mean, it, it, you, they're they're not like the misfits, but they have a lot of merch. You what do you? Uh, what do you? We don't have any condoms yet. But <laughs> what are you taking out on tour with you this time? I mean, other than like a buttload of t-shirts, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, we got the um, we got uh, vinyl albums for Endless Bummer, Live No Time for Tuning, and Destroyed. Nice. Um, we've got some. Um, uh, Joy Ramone singles, mm. uh, CDs of Endless Bummer. I don't think there's any more destroyed CDs. We might have gone through the last of those. So are those uh, still the are those still the kid tested version then? The CDs? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was the last version that came out on CD uh, when uh, uh, Detour did uh, yeah. the destroyed release. It was just vinyl. Yep. Um. We've got uh, enamel pins uh, of Al testicles that get, uh, could adorn any leather jacket. Look really good. Um, I've got the BA throttle head too. <laughs> wow! So, uh, you signed that one yeah, for us, I assume, right? That uh, <laughs> that was quite an honor that Agronautics decided. Yeah, to, no, that's really cool. Yeah, I was, you know. Now, I, I think I look kind of like a Campbell Soup kid, but uh, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, you look very wholesome. You look very wholesome. You definitely look like a natural blonde. And, you know, the <laughs> you might have the last of those. I don't know that you can get those from the website anymore, so that might be – you might have the last of those out there. So Yeah, well, the band does have some for sale, so those will be coming out on tour with us. Uh, panties. We've got sloppy seconds panties, too. Neil. Are, I know are all out of your pretty pink lacy panties and uh, – <laughs> You definitely need to get some, Tom and Neil, or anybody I'm gonna else. Get, I'm going to uh, buy. I'm going to buy those for Neil for his birthday. <laughs> um, we we've got some uh, reproductions of some of the better tour posters that have been made for some of our uh, oh, that's cool. gigs in Florida, Texas. Uh, I think there might be some from uh, Cleveland, maybe so, some of the West Coast, but there's. Any anytime we come across a really cool uh, tour poster, we hmm. definitely make a point of saying, "Okay, we got to save one of these because other people are going to want these too." Um, so we got those, and uh, you know, bumper stickers, buttons, the usual kind of bottle openers. We have all kinds of drinkware and shot glasses. So. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> yeah. It's, we always figure, you know, I mean, that that's kind of a foregone conclusion as far as cross-marketing sloppy seconds and drinking there you go you're not quite to the motorhead level you don't have the sloppy seconds vibrator yet but you know (laughs) next year but it's the other thing i always appreciate about you guys is you know your fans are older so you bring out lots of bigger t-shirts i never get these bands (laughs) like like everybody every every fan in the place is a 2x gets a big t-shirt so we want to we need our big t-shirts you know for your plus oh yeah i mean they they say do you guys really want three and four x's i say yes you haven't seen our It's a bunch of old, drunk, fat guys, you know. Exactly. We and you can go camping in it, you know, if you need. Yeah, exactly. I can exactly. go camping in it. Yeah, we're good. We'd make a good well, sale. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
So so yeah, go go hit up the go hit up one of these shows, and I'm sure I know I know people are real excited about it behind behind closed doors. That I we uh, we've been talking to people about all this stuff, and I cannot wait. It's been the you know we had to take a year off. We had big plans to do you have your tickets you already, Tom? Time. Tom, do you have your tickets I for have Reggie's? Tickets, I have tickets right now for Chicago and Indy. Hmm. So you're not going to go to the X-ray. We, I don't know. We'll see. We're, we're debating going to all five of the Midwest shows, honestly, but we're also debating Ooh. going to the Maryland thing. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's for Reggie. I can't imagine we won't go to Detroit. I haven't seen any of my Detroit dudes for a long time. I haven't been to Detroit for a while, and I know there's some people I'd like to catch up with over there. So we'll, we'll see. But we will definitely be that. Like that indie show is going to be huge. Up, it'll like, probably double our attendance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But if I was Detroit's never been show, a real big city for sloppy for some reason, I don't know. <laughs> no, that's well. Listen, I you know I I help Matt out from failure sometimes with some stuff, and I I've done some promo work for him. And one of my prized possessions is he gave me a test press of the live No Time for Tuning uh, album. So ah. I am going to be I am going to be aggressively getting you four to sign that so I can have a finally a piece of frameable art you know finally a record worthy of being buried with so anyway i'll, ca- I'll catch up with you, catch up with you guys aggressively but, but anyway huh? thanks so much for com- <laughs> thanks so much for coming on va we appreciate it like i said you kind of put us on the map so we uh we you always hold a special place in our hard black little hearts and uh you know well, can't wait for next man. year <laughs> exactly. yeah I, exactly. I, I i'm psyched i i it, we've been uh shut down for too long so i'm really happy that we're going to be able to get out and see everybody again it, it's always fun i mean they're sloppy shows are kind of reunions too for uh you know we exactly. uh we, we've made so many friends in uh different markets over the years and get to see bands that we haven't played with in a few years so it's going to be great to get back out and um hopefully we're not too rusty so uh, everybody give us a shot we'll uh, look forward to seeing you in august and then again in uh, october can't wait. Excellent. Yeah, Thanks, looking forward man. to it. We'll yep. talk, we will definitely see you soon. All right. Have you been keeping up on the show? I know occasionally you listen, BA. Have you been keeping up on the shows? Our sign-off has gotten ridiculously long. <laughs> it's better than our first one where we just kind of said goodbye and then, and then ended yeah. it. So now we, yeah, so now we have yeah, a, like, exactly. a real one at least, right? So we're, gonna, anyway, we're actually going to play out with a song, Neil. We're going to play out with 50 Minutes or It's Free. Right. We are. So From, from the great... More trouble than the worth album. Yeah, that, you already, uh, oh, that one that one goes out for Eric Trump, whoever he is. <laughs> yes, the whole Trump family, really. Yes, the whole Trump. Family. I mean, we might as well stand their we might as well stand their good side. I read somewhere that August he'll be back in. So, and I have, have every reason to believe it's true. So anyway, all right. Thanks everybody for listening. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Neil, stay free. Keep a little mark in your heart. And, uh, and Tom, we'll smell you later. Smell you later. We'll okay. Smell you later. Fifty Thank, minutes are free. Thanks everybody. Cheers. Bye bye. Thanks. Oh,